1: That's right. You're listening to the 30 something movie podcast. It's episode number 287. We are talking mermaids this time around and not the kind that, that, you know, flop around in the ocean and, 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 you know, not the ones that lose. I was about to say, not the ones that sing, but they do sing in this movie. So lose their voices and have the evil, like, octopus lady try to steal your soul and all that fun stuff. But uh, different kind of mermaids. No evil octopus ladies in this one, as far as I know. Didn't see any. Unless there was a deleted scene or an alternate ending that we completely missed and then. That'd be interesting.
2: Yeah, that would take a darker turn.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't the uh wasn't there like a deleted scene in the Goonies that had like a giant octopus monster?
2: There is something, isn't there? Some big thing that didn't make it to print and, and yeah. I think I saw it sometime and I they made the right choice.
1: Okay. All right. Well so maybe they did that with this one too. Maybe there's a deleted scene somewhere where there's a giant octopus monster and
2: Well, in an alternate universe, you know.
1: And that's that's what pulls Christina Ricci into the water and
2: Exactly. In an alternate universe it is the little mermaids. And yeah,
1: and they're all daughters of Triton, and they all have um, goatees. Sure, yeah. This, in alternate universes, aren't you supposed to have a goatee in every alternate universe? It's true. Go- goatee and a sash, right? Okay, I think, yeah, um, that's true. Sashes were big. You no, know, your your colors are reversed, and you have a sash. And all right, so be warned if you see somebody wearing a sash, they are from the alternate universe. But we are not from the alternate universe. We're from this universe, and this is a much kinder, friendlier universe, which is why I've got Bo with me tonight. Bo, how are you doing?
2: I'm well, John, and yourself?
1: I'm doing okay. Doing all right. We're here. We're here talking movies. So as we've said before, anytime we're talking movies, we're probably doing pretty good.
2: Exactly.
1: So very, very quickly before we get going with our movie tonight, um, we have, spoiler alert, we spoil freely, so just be warned. Uh, If you have not left us an iTunes review, please do that just so we can. Find out what you love about the show. And uh, if there's anything you don't love about the show, we'd like to hear that, too. So we're always looking to improve.
2: I'd like to point out we spoil expensively, too, not just freely.
1: And visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's got all the different ways you can get in touch with us, voicemail line, all that fun stuff. So that is where all that stuff is. We are recording some of these episodes a little out of order and and way ahead of time. But uh, so some of our movie news here may not be timely by the time people hear it. But when will then be now is the most important thing to think about. Um, So I did see something the other day that the new clue movie Did you see before that they're making a a clue remake. I did not. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay. So they have, and I just saw this either today or yesterday and uh, it is, uh, let's see, Ryan Reynolds is going to be in the new clue movie. Hmm. And they got, uh, who was it? It was one of the, uh, da, 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 da. oh, it was the director of the Muppets. Mm. So director of one of the more recent Muppet movies, James Bobbin was his name. Interesting. Um, and he is going to be directing the Clue movie. So, And the Swedish chef is going to play Colonel Mustard. That could be fun. Yeah. A well, little something different. That could be fun. And two plus one plus I like actually you know what that whole scene where he has to try to explain who killed who and how it all worked out. I just want the Swedish chef to go that, that entire scene. Yes. The entire explanation should be in Swedish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then,
1: and then he's running back and forth between all the different rooms. Yeah. Yes. I, you know what? Can we just make a clue Muppet movie?
2: Sure. The Muppets take a clue. I, I don't understand Muppets. why this hasn't been done.
1: I know. Muppets get a clue.
2: Oh, better.
1: There we go, Better. done, done. And during the entire thing, you just have Statler and Waldorf just sitting in a corner somewhere, commenting on the whole movie. Yes, I'm. I'm all for this. I think we should do it. I'm in. I also want. Um. Uh. I'm, I'm blanking out. Beaker. Beaker could be. Um. I don't know. Beaker could be the the foul mouth character that keeps getting meeped. Oh, here you go. Yeah. I don't know. I I think this all works out really well. All right. Well, I don't know that I have too much other uh, movie news. Did you have anything else you'd seen recently? No,
2: other than other than enjoying the uh, resurgence of Star Trek and Star Trek Picard.
1: There you go. I, I still have not watched beyond the first episode, so I need to get myself caught up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We've been we've been watching The Expanse, so wow. we've kind of been going through that. And that
2: is a. I suppose that's a, an okay answer.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's just too much good stuff out there. So
2: I, I would agree.
1: And we gotta got to finish through one of these things because pretty soon Outlander is coming back and like all the other stuff we watch is it's just too much. Too much stuff. All right. Well, this time around, the movie we're looking at is called Mermaids. It is released on the 14th of December, 1990. Uh, it was rated PG-13 with a runtime of one hour and 50 minutes. Directed by Richard Benjamin, who also did the 1973 movie Westworld. Um, oddly enough, the, the same Westworld as the HBO series. And uh, also did a movie called Deconstructing Harry. Producers on this one were, were Lauren Lloyd, Wallace Nasita, Patrick Palmer, Lloyd did Freddy Got Fingered, Nasita did Six Days, Seven Nights, and Palmer did Moonstruck and Blade 2, because those two movies are exactly like each other.
2: Yes, they are.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Moonstruck. Lots of vampires mm-hmm. in Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cher's part in Blade 2, I thought was wonderful.
2: Yes, the hair just mm-hmm. made the... It brought the movie together.
1: hmm hmm Yeah. Um, let's see. The uh, writers for this one were Patty Dan, who did the novel, and June Roberts, who did screenplay. Dan uh, Mermaids was her only credit, and Roberts did a movie called All the Queen's Men. Cinematography by Howard Atherton, who also did Fatal Attraction, Black Rain, and Bad Boys. Music by Jack Nietzsche, who died in 2000, did the music for Starman, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Stand By Me. Budget on this one was $20 million, box office. Uh, $20 million, and I think $10 million of that was for Cher's hair. At least. Mm-hmm uh box office was 35.4 million also a good portion of that probably shares hair Uh, reviews for this one rotten tomatoes critics gave it a 73 percent audience gives it a 70 percent imdb gives it a 67 letterbox gives it a 70 and cinema score gives it a b so average all that out and we're kind of like sitting around 70 percent for most of these reviews i could see that Starring Cher as Mrs. Flax, she was in Mask and Moonstruck. Bob Hoskins, who died in 2014, was Lou Lansky. He was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Super Mario Brothers, and Hook. Winona Ryder was Charlotte Flax. She was in Heather's Little Women and Br- Edward Scissorhands. Michael Shofling was Joe. He was in 16 Candles and Vision Quest. Christina Ricci was Kate Flax. This was, I believe, her first movie that she was in. She was in The Adams Family and Black Snake Moan. And then Jan Minor died in 2004. She was Mother Superior. She was in a movie called Lenny and a movie called The Swimmer. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. Ooh,
0: we're going to play my favorite game. What is the worst mother in the world? Oh, now don't tell me. Let me guess. Who could it be? Could it be me? If you want to be have a mother, as
1: a girl, Charlotte's a girl, mother is many things.
0: Charlotte, we're Jewish. Normal isn't one of them. Okay, how do I look? Like a woman about to go forth in sin. Oh, good. Exactly the look I was hoping for. That's how Rachel liked it. One, two, three, hey! Yeah! And that's why Charlotte didn't. Sometimes I feel like you're the child and I'm the grown-up.
1: What is this? Cheeseball pick-me-ups and, for dessert, marshmallow kebabs.
0: Don't do anything I wouldn't do. I'm trying not to drive too fast. Well, after my mom, nothing seems fast. They have almost nothing in common. Or don't do anything I would. Are you coming home with me?
2: I'm might. But there's one thing they do share. Men.
0: You kissed him? How could you do that? Well, if I were you Sean, I'd go easy. I know that you're planning a celibate life, but with half my chromosomes, I think that might be tough.
2: Has your mother ever talked to you about sex?
0: Oh, yeah. I can get pregnant if I hang my clothes next to a man's suit. We talk about everything. She's a wonderful mother.
1: Why did you think you were pregnant? You're still a virgin.
2: Trust me, I know about these things. She's doing this because she has a problem. She's probably too frightened to talk to you. About. Why would she be frightened? Like mother, like
0: daughter. Maybe your life works for you, but it doesn't work for me, and I want to stay. And do what? Finish high school. Great start. What's your major, town tramp? No, mom. The town already has one. Share. I don't always know what I'm doing. It's not like you and your sister came with a book of instructions. Bob Hoskins. You're out of a woman, Rachel. I know. Winona Ryder. Mary O'Brien, she dances around naked, screaming about her boyfriend's quivering loins. Shut up, Charlotte. Shut up. Mermaids. I can jump in my mermaid box have i get into my mermaid car and hit the mermaid road, And get the mermaid out of here. Oh, I so we will be fresh for the party.
1: All right, we're back. Um, so, uh, again, questions, as always, uh, adapted from the book Focus, The Art and Soul of Cinema by Tony Watkins. Um... Question number one, how we always start things off. Bo, how does this movie make you feel? I, let me start with this, though, too. Is this is this a movie that you had seen before, and how does this movie make you feel? I don't
2: think I'd seen it before, but there were times when I felt like I knew what was coming. So either I've seen bits and pieces okay. of it, or it became predictable at some point. Um, but I enjoyed it. it. It made me feel amused. I was, yeah, amused, I guess. It maybe it, it amused me, I guess. Okay.
1: How about you? Yeah, this is one that I've seen several times. I remember, but not for a while. I mean, this is one that I had seen several times growing up. You know what? I feel like we would have seen this not too long after it would have come out on video. Because I don't recall. I recall being fairly young seeing this, probably about maybe 10 or 11, which would have been about the the right time for this. I think this came out when I was 9 or 10. So probably as soon as it came out on video, we rented it one time and, but I remember we must have either had it on video. Maybe we had recorded it off of TV somewhere because I remember watching this multiple times growing up. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is one every once in a while we would pull this movie out and watch it. And it's just, you know, how, how does it make me feel? It's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's It's a fun movie. It definitely has some serious points to it as you get later on in the film, but it's just kind of a fun look at, family albeit a a slightly dysfunctional family and or, or just a different family you know than your maybe your typical two parents and multiple kids and all that other stuff but um yeah just kind of there are plenty of laugh out loud moments in this movie it's it's a heartwarming movie it's it's all the good stuff you want a family movie to be um and it's got a great soundtrack so
2: it really does have a good soundtrack doesn't it
1: yeah that was Pat's comment. Pat knew he probably wasn't going to be able to make it to record with us tonight for this movie. And um, he said, you know, both movies are really fun, but I," he said the Mermaid soundtrack was awesome. Yeah. So
2: I was, do I, you know, I often talk about decades, how there's carryover, you know, like 1990 is really the end of the 80s. It's not actually the 90s. If you want to look at it stylistically, it takes us a couple of years to get into what I consider to be 90s um stylistically yeah. as far as film as far as art in general um film music it takes a little while to get out of the 80s and i am going to miss the era of the the jukebox soundtrack you know i, mm-hmm. I that's been one of the best parts of what we've been doing is looking back at these movies and back when soundtracks were popular music more than they are today yeah and it, this was just reminded me of and i was like oh. I enjoy that it's
1: fun yeah and i think too one of the interesting things since we're talking about the music of it i think one of the interesting bits too is a lot of the well the movie takes place in 1963 Mm -hmm. at least that's where it starts um and you have a lot of i mean you've got a lot of the kind of 50s and 60s music playing in there and which is interesting because that's around the same time i'm I'm trying to remember when Cher, when sunny and Cher came out um but when they were mid 60s weren't they um,
2: actually, on that page right now, the first
1: Probably like 65, 65 64. is the
2: first single they have logged. Okay, I, I don't, I'm looking for a quick album release. Uh, yeah, 65 is pretty much
1: okay, okay, where they're at. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's around the time that they would have been starting their act as well. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of a fun and and maybe that's what drew her to the movie is that it takes place during a time period that is when she was young, when she was coming up in the world and. You know, getting her start going, mm-hmm. um, but that was that was one of the things I really liked about the movie was the soundtrack. It had a, a very strong, very fun soundtrack, and you know, I would say even if you didn't know all the words to the songs, you at least recognized ninety five percent of the songs that were played in this movie. Oh
2: yeah, it was crazy, one after another. Like oh look, yeah. that's fun.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, so for me, just I, I overall feeling of this one fun movie. Um. So let's let's dig a little deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about this movie that made it fun? So if you enjoyed this movie and and it didn't sound like so, your reaction was not "Oh, I love this movie. This was amazing. This was no. it was it was fun." So what was it that made it fun? I think and it maybe was the, not the, awesome.
2: The, the the just complete craziness of Mrs. Oh gosh, I'm going to get the character name wrong. That's really bad. Clax. Clax thank you. Yeah. I was going to say Clax, and I'm like, I know that's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, the just the sheer silliness of her daughter telling the story and she opens up calling her Mrs. Flack. She does not call her mom in her retrospective. Um, did you get the feeling slightly sidebar? How old do you think the voiceover character is supposed to be? I know that used the same actress and I used her voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think this is supposed to be her telling this recent or is this like, looking back at her childhood telling this story
1: my guess is is that the voice that's telling the story is her at the end of the movie okay that it's you're you're not that far removed because i think she and i think her tense even changes when she gets to the point where they're in the kitchen later on and she says my i think she says i don't know the exact wording but i feel like when she's looking at the book of greek mythology i think she even says my new obsession is greek mythology Aha!
2: see as i was watching it i was looking for that and i missed it
1: yeah I think. I mean, I, don't quote me on no, that. No, trust that's, me. As an
2: English teacher, I imagine you caught the tense before I did. That's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will never presume to say that I caught the tense before.
1: Yeah. Um, that, but I think I think that's okay. what it was. So I always I always thought that the the narrator voice Winona Ryder's narrator voice Charlotte's narrator voice is her at the end of the movie. That it's not like it's not like a Wonder Years thing where it's right you know, twenty twenty or so years later.
2: Right. So I think the. It just sets a tone because you open up, and I, I I think within the first two minutes of her first voiceover, she's talking about her mother as mrs. flax and 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 you you it's just sets a tone for the way this movie's going to go and the interaction she has with her daughters. she's the free-spirited hippie type um, that I think she tries to keep her life fun and enjoyable. And I think that's why the movie is fun and enjoyable. You know she's mm-hmm. having a good time and and like you said, there are some serious points, but I think overall the movie is fun. Um, so yeah, and, and and it's like a lot of movies, it kind of wraps it up in the, at the end in a mostly happy vein. It's not, yeah, no one's, yeah, the boy moves away and so she's a little sad that he's not there, but they write still, you know, it's, it it wraps everything up nicely. Right. Nothing is, it's not a Shakespearean tragedy by any sense of, the you know, mm-hmm. um, so in, by the end, all the conflict is, is mostly resolved. It's, you know, there's some things left unresolved that I think if the movie was made today, they would have dug deeper into, um, yeah. but at an well, hour, I'm it was, I'm not sure if I it was made
1: today, if it was made today, you wouldn't have a 26 year old hooking up for lack of a better term with a 16 year old.
2: Oh, well, wow. it depends. If you watch, uh.
1: Well, certain I guess.
2: cable channels, you might see all sorts of that stuff. That—that's.
1: Uh, I, I guess. I guess so.
2: There is some stuff, man. That I, yeah, but whatever.
1: <laughs> but not in a PG-13 family family film.
2: Well, you know, you would say that. Except, have you seen some? Uh, yeah, I don't want to call out a network by by name.
0: Okay.
2: There's. No, I guess I haven't. There is some stuff that borders on. I just don't know, man.
0: <laughs> mm, okay.
2: I, I agree. I agree that, that the format would be quite different, and and that's yeah. that's one of the things in particular they don't really deal with that. I mean, the most they talk about it is we all the whole town knows what you were doing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I think that's it. I think that's all yeah. that's said about that whole that whole moment. Um, yeah, which you know that wouldn't happen today, and that yeah. you know, that may be one of the weaker parts of the film. I think I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast yet or not but the most recent star wars film um mm-hmm. had a kiss in it that maybe i thought didn't need to be there
1: yeah we talked about that
2: i don't know that the movie needed that scene with them like they could have which, just snuck away which and, one you mean with the? they could have just snuck away and made out and i think the same
1: oh you okay you, so you mean her with uh you mean charlotte with joe right
2: right and, and so yeah, i'm, I'm yeah. saying like they went too far with it just like star wars did like they didn't have to right. go that far they could get just as distracted because that, and I hate to say, I hate to use these words to describe that scene, but because mm-hmm. that scene didn't pay off anywhere else,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know that it needed to be there. Yeah. Um, and as you point out, twenty six and sixteen—that's a little something. Maybe you know didn't need to have it anyway. Right.
1: right. <laughs> well, and it—I mean, I, I know you said that it doesn't—it doesn't pay off anywhere, but that scene and, and maybe watching it now because I think this is the first time I've watched this movie as an adult mm-hmm. so there were clearly some things that I thought of differently watching this movie than I had many years ago um, but the part I think I kind of caught with that whole part of the movie was that she had been struggling with the you know she's she's growing up in a Jewish family but she's obsessed with Catholicism and you know she wants to be a nun and she thinks that she's going to be the next Virgin Mary and and all this other stuff Um, and that the moment that she kind of gives in to all the temptation and everything else is also the moment that one of the most traumatic events of her life happens and that maybe that's the, the turning point that kind of knocked her out of her obsession. So I don't know that it, I don't know that it pays off in other ways, but as, as a both, well, I guess in a lot of different ways, it's a very, memorable evening for her sure.
0: sure
1: so in both good and bad ways but yeah so is there a is there a scene in the movie that you kind of look at and you say the reason why i enjoy this movie the reason why this movie makes me happy um or i like this movie i could i could take a look at one scene and say it's just that scene had the qualities that helped me enjoy this movie
2: Unfortunately, it's it's at the it's at the end. The end scene, I think, points it out. But there's more scenes like that. It's when the three, it's when the three female leads are together, being a family and just doing family things. Now at the end, they're singing and cooking and setting the table and whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's that um, that interaction, I think, and the way the three of them are a family in all their dysfunction that I think I enjoy. Like the, the whole, um, the the whole family dynamic with them. Um, the scene I'm picturing is them dancing at the end, but I feel like there's other goofy things that those three, three actresses do together. Um, that's, that's, um, that's good. I mean, the interaction between, um, Charlotte and Mrs. Flax is, is, is great throughout the whole thing. Like the, the quote I love, and I I usually do quotes later in the thing, but it's Mm -hmm. the, I don't want to go. I want to stay. Do what? Finish high school. Great start. What's your major town tramp? No mom. The town already has one. (laughs) Like just the fact that they can have that and then move on from it really just makes Mm -hmm. it an enjoyable, enjoyable experience. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you just if you want the whole, the tongue-in-cheek humor that they're they're going for a lot of the time, the whole scene in the, in the gynecologist office is priceless.
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah. Mean,
2: has your mother ever talked to you about sex? I mean,
1: Joan Arc. So that was
2: ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was outstanding. <laughs> oh God, I think I might be pregnant with the next Jewish Italian Messiah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, back to it not paying off, like. So she freaks out because they kiss. She goes to the gynecologist. She finds out she's crazy. Then she actually does the deed, doesn't think about it once. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe a minute could have been spent with it, you know? I
1: don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: A little something for the effort, I guess, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that.
2: But I, I still enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I'm, you know, we talk about these things and they sound nitpicky, but. Yeah. So yeah, it's the interactions between them. Um, What, uh, what does it like, what's the scene you, so you said you'd seen this a lot before. So Mm -hmm. you, you knew what you were walking into before you rewatched it. When someone says mermaids, what are you picturing?
1: Um, well, you know, as partly as a, as a kid who, well, when I was little, I actually almost drowned. Um, and so I was a lot of time. I was terrified of the water. I, my parents tried to put me in swimming lessons for years and years and years, and they just did not take at all. And so memorable in terms of memorable, it's when Kate falls into the water mm-hmm. at the, towards the end of the movie, um, like that as a kid, that just terrified me because that, you know, I, I was was, about it, four, was it maybe. for you at
2: that point, all kinds of water, like whether it was a pool and you could see the bottom or,
1: um, You know, I didn't, I didn't mind swimming pools. I mean, I had an aunt who had a swimming pool at her house and we'd go swim there. It just, there would be no way you'd ever get me in the deep end of the pool. Mm -hmm. Um, not a chance. And then, you know, when I, of course, when I would take swimming lessons as a kid, they would make you try to swim across the, the deep end of the pool. And I just did Mm -hmm. not want to have anything to do with that and didn't want to put my face underwater and so I was fine with that kind of stuff. I mean, especially as long as I could see towards the bottom and, and if I could feel the bottom, that was much better. Um, but yeah. So like I, growing up, I, I don't recall ever going swimming in like a lake or a river or anything like that. Um, yeah. It would have always been a pool and it would have always been like my parents never had to warn me to stay out of the deep end. There was no way I was going that way.
2: Mm, okay.
1: So, I mean, in terms of memorable, I remember, I mean that moment in the movie is just kind of seared in my brain as watching that as a kid going, I don't know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Like that's, sure. that's a little, that's a little too close to home. Um, but in terms of, if you like, if you say the, if you say the word mermaids, if you say, you know, 1990 movie mermaids um, you know, I think some of the first things that I kind of pick out are the interactions with uh, Cher and Bob Hoskins. Mm-hmm. Um, he was good. Just, I really I- Oh yeah.
2: You forget because you don't see him a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously, recently, but you know what I mean. Like,
1: well, right. Well, we don't. When don't see him a lot, I don't feel like we've seen him a lot in the eighties, like up to this right. point in the podcast. But I feel like once you hit the nineties, like once he did, and and I can't remember right before that, but once he did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. then I feel like there's a whole slew of things that I saw him in in the nineties with Mario Brothers, Hook. Um, you know, just thinking of all those different movies but yeah i feel like we kind of didn't see him much necessarily in maybe the movies we would have watched from the 80s right and and so far in the podcast but yeah i I, everything i've ever seen him in i would like i know he has a lot of fun in in
2: this one too
1: he's a and sometimes as a kid i used to get him confused with danny devito
2: oh i can see that
1: sure and and so i always now as an adult i'm like well maybe i just think of him as a little bit more likable danny devito Like If I was going to actually go, if I was going to go have coffee, with, well, I don't drink coffee, but if I was going to go, you know, have a cup of tea or something with either one of them, I probably would choose, well, I mean, I, I'd choose Danny DeVito now because Bob Gosson not so much here anymore. But, right, but um, no, I know what you mean. I, I'd choose, if, if he was alive, I would choose Bob Hoskins over Danny DeVito. Oh,
2: see, I was thinking Bob Hoskins would be great to have a drink with.
1: Well, that too. Right, <laughs> it doesn't matter what the beverage is, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like if you have a drink with Danny DeVito, you're, you, somebody's getting into trouble.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Probably everybody.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so moments like that, I think the moments like that, the, the moments, most of the moments in the kitchen, like as you get to any of the scenes in the kitchen, really, when they're preparing the food and I just, the, uh, yeah, you know, the, the marshmallow kebabs and then all that other stuff. (laughs) Yeah.
2: The the mom's obsession with all the food being like finger food or d'oeuvres.
1: Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean just in, in terms of I think the the scenes that would sum it up for me would be would be those scenes, would be the ones, interactions with her and, and Bob Hoskins. Um and I think the scene of the Fed
2: with the two of them is hysterical. You don't yeah. have to sound so surprised, but I am surprised.
1: Right, right. I am surprised. You know, I think um I think in terms of the fight that they get into, you know, you, you reference the line, you know, what's, what do you, what job are what job are you going for? Town tramp? No mom, the town already has one. I think that either that's a very memorable scene or it was actually in the movie trailer. And I somehow remember the movie trailer. Oh, that could be. Um, Cause that is definitely a line that is, you know, when I think of this movie, that's like one of the first lines I think of from this movie is that scene where they're fighting it out. Yeah, the
2: only thing I could have told you about this movie before I watched it this time that I would have told you for sure would have been shares on the box like the the video box cuz I can see her oh, yeah. her hair and the whole getup on the
1: mm-hmm. box you know we we did appreciate the after they kind of had a a little bit of a shouting match that uh, when share walks back in the room and very calmly kind of walks in closes the door and she goes okay i've had a little scotch i'm real calm
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm like yep yep i can do that mhm <laughs> Scotch, calm, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. And I think watching it this time as an adult and catching some of the other kind of the relationship stuff, I really liked the, I mean, because it used to be when I'd watch it, I, I think I kind of keyed in on the relationship between the mom and the kids. Mm-hmm. And of course, Christina Ricci is hilarious. Yes, she
2: is. Oh my um, gosh.
1: Little, little fish head
2: mm-hmm.
1: is hilarious in this movie. And just kind of all those interactions. Um, but this time around, what I really, I think what really caught my attention was the interactions between Lou and Mrs. Flax Mm -hmm. and kind of all of those and, and and everything that he was doing, you know, just as a, as a genuinely nice guy, like he didn't really have any, I mean, in a way he did, but he didn't really have any like corrupt motives or, or anything like that. Yeah. He He wasn't genuinely liked these people.
2: Exactly. He wasn't there to be the nasty new person in their life. He was just there Mm -hmm. to be there.
1: Right. And he could probably tell that their family could use a little stability, and that's kind of what he brought. And I, I, that one scene in particular is—I I did not remember it from before, but I did like it this time. That when he fixes the meal and they all sit down together at the table, when he he makes that comment one time, when yeah. they're all like, you know, staggered sitting in different spots in the kitchen on the counter and everything else, it's like, "Wait, this is how you people eat?" Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so. And then when he has them sit down at the table, and all of a sudden, her her girls, particularly Charlotte, who won't say a word, and everybody's just talking and it's just they almost won't stop talking and you can see her getting uneasy about it mm-hmm. and she's like what's going on and he's like this is what happens when people sit down around a table mm. they talk and I think that I think that's what makes kind of the end of the movie interesting too is that the characters while they have while they have grown up a little bit particularly Charlotte um, in more ways than one um, while they have grown up because this is kind of a coming of age story it the core of what makes them them has not necessarily changed
2: right she's still you know it's
1: not like all of a sudden they decide to get married and and everything else and right. um you know he he hasn't moved in with them you know they they still are kind of doing what they do but they're just doing it a little bit better than they were before
2: right she you know little fish head still little fish head
1: and, right so you you end the story like you're not they've gone through this ordeal you know over the course of the last few months So you end the story and it's just, it has kind of like you said before, it's got a happy ending. Like it's, no one has died. No one has been devastated by any of this. They've learned a few things and now they are continuing on with their lives better for what they've gone through. How
2: much time do you think passes from the beginning to the end of this movie? Is it like a year in the life Hmm. sort of thing?
1: I'd say it probably is a year. It kind
2: of feels that way, right?
1: If I had to guess, I'd say it probably is a year. Because you start the movie and they are in... Oh, are they in Arizona? Where are they at? No, they're in Oklahoma, aren't they?
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: or they're leaving oklahoma they're driving through Oklahoma at one point. I, either way, they you know they start in the one place and then they make their move, and then you kind of go through you know she starts school, you see Halloween, um, you see New Year's. and then I think they mention that it's been a few months. Does she say it's been six months when she talks about writing back and forth with Joe? Sounds right. So it might be that it's about six months. So I would imagine it's probably about a year you've probably gone from either summer to summer or fall to summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine you probably started in like fall of 1963 and you ended in uh, summer of 1964 would be my guess. I could buy that. So yeah, I don't think you're looking at much more than a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no overall fun movie. I really like this movie. Um, and I, I forgot how much I like this movie. Um, Sharon had mentioned that this is one that she feels like she doesn't, doesn't remember having ever seen this, but she's like, this is totally the kind of movie that my grandma would have watched and loved. Um, you know, that, that they were always real big fans of, you know, some of the movies where you've got your, your quirkier families or, or things like that. And they always loved movies like my cousin Vinny and Benny and June, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of that stuff. And, and she's like, no, this, this would have totally been something that my grandma would have liked. Um, but she doesn't remember ever watching it. So. I think I think she had fun watching it too. Yeah,
2: and way to go nineteen ninety for having some strong female roles and
1: Right. There might yeah.
2: be some serious uh Bechdel test wins in this movie. I didn't track mm-hmm. any down, but I got a hunch there are a few scenes where no man is mentioned or seen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually, in, in it, I'm, <laughs> right. And I'm glad you mentioned that, because I actually I, I had pulled that that test out at one point in time. I was like, you know what, when we when we go through some of our movies, we should do this once or twice, um, you know, just to kind of just to kind of go through it and see. And I, I have not up to this point. So I'm glad you brought it up.
2: Yeah, it's kind of a fun little thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder if anyone's done it for mermaids. I'm doing a quick uh, I don't know. Google search just to see. Oh, yeah. There's I'll a website. Look at this. Um oh. Past three of three tests. Mermaid Stars 3.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah, this there website's we a, little, a little cheesy, but uh, interesting. Yeah, it just seems like as I was watching, I was like, wow, look at that. Like that's the kind of movie, that's the kind of movie everybody's talking about making now.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And look. Right. Well, and it, especially especially as we were watching this round about the time of the Oscars. And of course, you've got all of the all the talk, you know, within the last well, several years, many years of, well, you don't have a whole lot of uh, women filmmakers. You don't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, necessarily strong, you know, female. I don't want say strong female performances. You've got a ton of those. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of movies kind of directed by and, and helmed by women i think that's been a criticism of of the oscars for at least the last several years if not further beyond that but um yeah i i, I thought about that when we were watching it this time now this is I, the Bechtel test i know has more to it than this but and i think i'm looking at the same site you are this seems like a very simplified version yeah it is of that the the one two three that it's got on here it's mm-hmm. it has to have at least two named women in it who taught number two who talked to each other number three about something besides a man yeah yeah. So that's a, that's a very simplified version of it, but yeah.
2: But I'm sure there are, there are significant passages of time in this movie that hit the criteria.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about that too. This is totally a movie you could, you could take this movie and you could absolutely remake it today and probably not have to change too much about it.
2: Yeah. Except the one scene we've already discussed might get booted.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> you know, that's that, that little thing.
2: Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm just, I wonder if it needed to be there, but yeah. But at the same time, like it didn't ruin the movie for me mm-hmm. at right. all. Like right.
1: I'm not saying that. I'm just, all right. Well, uh, should we jump into our three questions? Sure. All right, let's do it. Three questions. He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions. It's impossible to answer. It's impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question.
2: he's asking what our favorite hors d'oeuvre is Mm
1: -hmm. now i and you can you could do appetizer hors d'oeuvre finger food however you want to do that
2: that's just mean i mean those of you that (laughs) don't see pictures of us all that often and god Mm -hmm. willing none of you do um food's kind of important to us oh yeah (laughs) so this question is mean um but i think i'll probably i'll probably hit the highlights i have it's one of the reasons I think I enjoy this so much is I don't get it very often. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite appetizer out at a fancy Greek place is Saganaki. Mm. Melted cheese. When they bring it to your to your table, they light it on fire, and they give you this bread, and the cheese is just good, and it's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, if you're just talking about simple, I'm 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 a pretty simple finger food guy. Like when we're hosting something. I'm, I give me shrimp and cocktail sauce. Like I'm I'm pretty simple yeah. when I'm when i put it together myself, but I'm telling you out of a Greek restaurant and give me some Saganaki and I'm a happy, happy man.
1: Well, I'm a man of simple tastes. Um, anything that's small and I can throw in my mouth multiple times is probably <laughs> good for me. But um, You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a chicken wing person. Ah, like I, yes. I really love a good chicken wing.
2: I really like bad chicken wing.
1: <laughs> I, it pretty much it you know is. if it's as long as they call it a chicken wing, I don't know that I really care what it is, and
2: it is drenched in sauce, yes, okay
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. so i'm I'm good with that. I mean, um, yeah, I was trying to think, you know should i should I expand any of my choices beyond this, and uh, probably not no need um the, yeah. the,
2: the classic multifaceted chicken mm-hmm. wing.
1: Now, now I would say, right, right. Now I will say there are a couple of other things that have, of course, you know, over the years I've, you know, tried some different stuff as well. And I, you know, one of the things that usually we kind of would get sometimes as an appetizer, if we go to a, a seafood place or even sometimes, you know, the Italian places be a a, a good calamari. Mm, yes. Would be that, that would be good. All right. So you excellent. mentioned
2: calamari. So I have to ask, I like calamari, but I am not a huge fan of the tentacles. I like the rings. Just mm. not a tentacle guy. Where where do you fall on the?
1: I I think I've mostly had the rings. Now I have had octopus at a at a Japanese restaurant. Sure. And I was fine with that. I didn't have a problem with it.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a place over here by us that does. When you order calamari, you get the tentacles and the rings, and mm. it's nice okay. to go out with family because I don't feel. Bad that I won't eat the Let somebody else eat the tentacles. Somebody else will. <laughs> yeah.
1: Where Where is that that you go that you get those?
2: Uh, crossroads, right out here. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, have you ever had their mozzarella sticks?
1: No. Oh,
2: we'll have to go sometime. Okay. <laughs> it's worth It's worth the trip.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the thirty-something movie podcast. Um, <laughs> right. Bo and I have places to go tonight, so we're going to cut the recording short. Uh, it's been one questions uh, this time around. <laughs> Um, you know what I did this last time at our Super Bowl party that we had was I, I decided, you know what, let's just get weird. And I made a bunch of um, hard boiled eggs. Mm-hmm. And I filled some of them with guacamole. Wait, wait, and wait. I, I hard boiled egg. Yeah. And you
2: filled so talk talk to me about it. Well, this. like
1: like the devil, like a deviled egg.
2: Okay. Got it.
1: But not not completely deviled. It was just I hollowed out the the egg white. So I did the hard boiled egg, sure. peeled it, and then I hollowed out the, the egg, egg white. I put guacamole in it. Okay. I hollowed out hollow, hollowed out the yolk, not the egg white, um, and then put guacamole in it. So there was that. There were some that I left as they fantastic. were because it was it was actually pretty good.
2: I've often tried to get Donna because Donna makes deviled eggs when we host holidays. Mm-hmm. I want her to do it. The problem is her sister and her sister's kids love deviled eggs, so I okay. think Donna's afraid to mess with them. Okay. I wanted to do the traditional deviled egg, but just mix a little guacamole in with the egg yolk. Like just oh, yeah. to give it something else. We haven't done mm-hmm. we haven't tried mm-hmm. that yet. We gotta do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I actually took out the whole yolk and sure. put guacamole yeah. in. Oh, for that. that sounds now, fantastic
2: too. Don't get me wrong.
1: I'm Oh, it was it was good. Guacamole it was good.
2: added to anything makes it better. So
1: okay. So now here's here's where I kind of weirded everybody out. Uh-oh. Um, so this is where I took that same concept, and, and I'm gonna blow your mind here, and I'm gonna tell you. It was really good. Now, I may have been the only person who thought it was really good, but it was really good.
2: Hey, you're part of your rules, man.
1: I, I can do whatever I want. So uh, none want. of my teams are in the Super Bowl. Right. None of my teams are in the Super Bowl. I don't care. I'm going to make whatever food I feel like making. Mm-hmm. So I had, some, I had some eggs that I had just, you know, I'd left some so that we could just do like a little salt and pepper. I had some that I had replaced the yolk with the guacamole. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones I had taken out, I had, again, uh, scooped out the yolk. Sure. And in its place, peanut butter.
2: Peanut butter and egg whites. Yeah. Huh. I can't. It my, was really good. My brain really can't good. quite put that together, but it doesn't sound terrible.
1: The f- the flavor, and maybe I'm crazy, but the flavor was really good. You're crazy. It's just a question. Why? Well, it's true. It's true.
2: <laughs> but I, I may have to uh, give that a go.
1: Usually when. So you may have to try it sometimes.
2: Usually when we make deviled eggs, there's usually one or two extra egg whites, and it's all said mm-hmm. and done. So. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Give it a try, because yeah. I.
1: Some of the other, you know, some of the other family members tried it. They were like, huh, I'm not sure. And, Mm. you know, the kids tried it. And one of them was like, this is pretty good. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, Nora was like, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, John Ezra thought it was cool. Nora, not so much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if he really liked it. I think mostly he just thought, well, my dad made something weird. I'm going to throw something weird in my mouth.
2: That's true. He is a boy. Right. And And at that age where he will just, yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah, we're we're full on seventh grader with him. Yeah, so you can
2: probably get him to eat a bug right now if you presented it properly. I,
1: pr- see, now that you said that, he listens to the podcast, so now that you've said that, he is going to go eat a bug and just, he's going to prove it to me. <laughs> so thanks a lot.
2: Uh, sorry about that. Well, hey, you have master editing control. You can clean mm-hmm. that up if you feel like it.
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't have time to edit that out. We're just going to do this instead. John, you are not allowed to eat a bug. And if you do, just make sure it's not something that's poison or that I have to take you to the hospital for. There you go. Okay. Bases are covered. There we go. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I think we've covered the, uh, the food stuff I was going to
2: say, the, the 30-something food podcast, we could go for hours. Uh,
1: right. I mean, pretty much, yeah. Um, I did want to jump over really fast to Twitter because we did have a few of our friends oh, excellent. on Twitter did respond to our three questions. So let me pull that up real quickly here. For all the people in the background
2: that are chuckling, saying you guys have friends, yes. Yes, we do.
1: We do. We do. Yes. Um, it's primarily our Oklahoma contingent that listens in. So, and the, um,
2: and the Oklahoma podcast, uh,
1: the, surely you can't be serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twitter decided to freeze up on me here. So let's try something different. And now, and now for something completely different, <laughs> Did I tell you while while I'm pulling this up here, Did I tell you that I started to, uh, introduce the boy to, um, uh, Holy Grail.
2: Oh, that's a wonderful moment.
1: Yeah. The kids were arguing something the other day related to logic. And I said, I have a, I have a clip to play for you. And it was the, uh, you know, prove that she's a witch clip. Yes. And yeah, it was, it was all the good things I hoped it would have been.
2: And they ate Robin's minstrel and there was great rejoicing in the land. How do you know she is a witch?
1: (laughs) Uh, She turned me into a newt. Well, I got better. Got better. And what do you burn apart from witches? More witches. <laughs> uh, Tristan Martin at Tristan Martin on Twitter. Um, he just put up a gif of Seinfeld and he says salsa is now the number one condiment in America.
2: That's awesome.
1: So, so I'm going to go with salsa for his answer. Um, and then we had another one. Let's see. It was oh, this one um, is good. James D. Graves. Yes. Is it his? The bacon wraps? Yeah,
2: that is a good one. He's now wrong.
1: Yeah, bacon wraps, uh, water chestnuts wrapped in bacon and baked in a sauce made from ketchup and brown sugar.
2: Really, anything anything wrapped in bacon, I mean...
1: It, all you have to say is bacon. Yeah, I mean, that's, pretty much. Don't, I don't, really, you don't need anything other than that. Um, now that I've blown your mind with the peanut butter eggs, um, have I told you that Sharon, the very first time she fixed this for me, I was like, what weird concoction is this? But it is now one of my favorite things whenever just like I don't really feel like eating anything else. Um, Peanut butter and bacon sandwiches.
2: Hmm.
1: It's really good.
2: I can see that working. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you, got, you got to do the creamy peanut butter because sure. then you got the crunch in the bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The it's, peanuts it's with stuff. the bacon might be weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good stuff. It's all kinds of good stuff. All right. Uh, we're going to talk food all night if we stay here. Yeah. So let's go to question number two. Favorite share song. So do Sunny and share songs count? Yeah, I go for it because that's probably what my answer is to.
2: Okay, I wonder if it's the same one. I, classic. I got you, babe. Yeah. I, I some about that song. Uh, I, I looked at all the Sheer songs a couple times. I was like, oh, that one's okay. That one's okay. But no, I got you, babe. Mm-hmm. First thing I yeah. thought of when I read it, hands down.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was either going to be that one or it was going to be if I could turn back time. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that was the second one.
1: On Twitter, that was Jason Colvin's. Uh, that was his response, and then James D. Graves, um, both of those guys, the the co-hosts of the Shirley Can't Be Serious podcast, um, his response will be uh, was, uh, "Bang, bang, my baby shot me down,"
2: which I don't know if I know. I have to. Yeah,
1: have I don't to know that I know that one out. very well. I'm not. I, I fully admit that I am. I you know I'm not well versed on uh, Cher's discography.
2: So. Me neither. And and those of you in the audience, raise your hand if every time you hear if I can turn back time, the next thing your brain thinks of is Jack from Will and Grace doing his impression of Cher doing, if I could turn back time for Cher on the episode Cher was on. My hand is up (laughs) because I can't help myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, and question number three. Kate, played by Christina Ricci, is given her first drink of wine by her big sister. When did you have your first drink? Well, I am almost
2: guaranteeing I probably had sips of my father's beer at a far too young age. Okay. Just because that was what we did in the 80s. -hmm. Um, But the first drink I can recall, gosh, I might have been 20. Okay. And it was... Not quite Bartles and James, it, but it was it um, wasn't it
1: wasn't the really horrible prairie fire I ordered, ordered for you was it?
2: no, no, I knew <laughs> what the drinking was then, and I still let you order that mm, which
1: that was not my fault,
2: which speaks to my la- level of judgment at the time
1: that's not my fault
2: How is it not your, how how is it not your fault
1: that's why I, i'm gonna, I'm gonna invoke the Lando Calrissian clause with this one It's not my fault,
2: yeah um mm-hmm. no, it was uh, um no, it wasn't Bartles and James, it was something else um mm-hmm. I was hanging out with some some lovely ladies, and they were drinking.
1: Mm-hmm. As you do.
2: Arbor Mist, that's what it was. I've been okay. trying to come up with it for a few days, and seeing the Bartles the and past. James in the Twitter feed got my brain kicking. Arbor Mist, it was a weird fruity wine mm-hmm. similar to Bartles and James, or, or, or dare I say, Boone's Farm. <laughs> yep. yep. And yours. I am intrigued for this one.
1: Is, uh, is, oh, I was going to ask, you, is Arbor Mist still around?
2: I don't know. You know what? I will I will Google that as you okay, as right. you speak because I don't know. Yeah. I certainly spend enough time in the adult beverage aisle to know, and I haven't seen it, but, wow, the Google search turned yeah. it up. Sure enough. Okay. Huh. You can get, yeah, I mean, these are the flavors. Mango strawberry, blackberry okay. merlot. I mean, this is what I'm talking about
1: here. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: It is the lowest common denominator of Mm -hmm. of insanity. Hmm. Sure enough, yeah, you can get it at Walmart, my friend. There we go. Only the best. Oh, God, this one we actually drank back then. I recognize the bottle. Which one? It is, oh, oh, please. Um, Arbor Mist Peach Moscato Fruit Wine. (laughs) Okay. $7 for a 1.5 liter bottle these days and 20 years ago it was probably less than
0: that
2: mm mm-hmm, mhm mhm yeah right. <laughs> Keeping it classy liberty mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that was like what what was the what was the brand of wine that like when we just when we didn't have a whole lot of money and you just you just wanted to go get a bottle of wine from somewhere what was it it was is it rex goliath oh that
2: doesn't ring a bell at all it has all like right, a, but...
1: it has like a rooster on the
2: well now yeah i think it has a rooster I'm on the label that because mm-hmm. i am intrigued Rex and I think it's like, wines. there Bold we go wine fun time is their catchphrase oh. <laughs> yep Holy I, I think it's fuck, i I, it's,
1: I have a feeling that it's like a, a whopping like 350 a bottle
2: Ooh, they have all sorts of flavors too they yeah, have they chardonnay do. pinot grigio yeah. sauvignon blanc and and in case you were concerned a free-range
1: white Oh, free range white. Oh, good. Good. I I was worried. Holy... Cage-free? Cage-free? Uh, Sure. Why not? Yeah, okay. All right. That's, you know, whatever. Whatever.
2: With notes of tangy tangerine, tropical melon, and floral hints. Yep. Wow. That is... Yep. That is awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: So if you want something that you can drink directly out of that paper bag...
2: <laughs> oh, my...
1: I think. I mean, I actually think that was probably like the highest. I think that was the highest highest recommended wine at the CVS. I think was this uh, wow. was, was where that was picked up at. So it's and and I'm not. I I kid. But six dollars you know, a it's bottle. It, oh nine, six. Oh, it's gone up.
2: Nine, t- almost ten dollars if you go for the big bottles. Wow. Oh, here's a five dollar from Instacart. Okay, I was going to say those
1: are not those are not like Walgreens, CVS prices.
2: Walmart, Target.
1: There you go. Okay.
2: Target, okay. Instacart, Instacart, Walmart. There we go. Oh, wow. There is part of me that wants to go get a bottle of Arbor Mist and a bottle of Rex Goliath. And
1: There we go. And actually, I did. Um, <laughs> and I did I, jokingly one time I had I think I, I think I just used my phone and I think I had iMovie on my computer and my mom used to have this kind of big ceramic uh, or porcelain, whatever it was, kind of a statue of a of a rooster in her kitchen.
2: Oh my gosh, my aunt had one of those too. That's crazy.
1: Did she really? Okay. And so I remember I, we got to joking about something. I think when we were at their house in in Missouri one time, and I think we had gone out and got a bottle of the Rex Goliath wine, and just the fact that the the rooster is named Rex or or, or whatever I guess the rooster's name is supposed to be. So I took some video of my mom's rooster statue that she had in her kitchen and then I think I took some video of just like the front of the bottle and then I took, um, I took all that and I edited it together into this really intense short film <laughs> that had uh, Mozart in the background right and it, it had Mozart in the background I think it was the um, they, they like keep repeating the word Rex over and over again mm. in the Mozart music And it was hilarious. I wish I still had it, but that's too funny. Yeah, I think that's the only short film that's ever been created that was specifically about Rex Goliath wine.
2: That's outstanding. You should have sold it to him.
1: I'll check IMDB for it, but all that to say, I, I now digress, as we tend to do. Hmm. The first drink, if I can remember the first drink I ever had. Now I do remember, I think both of my first drinks came in the in the British Isles. Um, I remember going to a Mexican restaurant in Leicester Square with my family one time in England and my dad had ordered some type of bohemian beer and he gave me a little sip of it I was probably about 11, 10, 11 at the time, um, maybe 12 and he gave me a sip of it and I think he expected it to taste really gross to me and I I think I took a sip I was like oh that just tastes like Sprite (laughs) he's like okay let me have the rest of that back
2: this boy's gonna be trouble (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other time that and I may have told this story before on the podcast, but the other time that I remember a little bit more vividly was when we were up in Edinburgh and we went on the uh, tour. You uh, kind of got this uh, tram ride tour of the Scotch Whiskey Museum in Edinburgh. Nice. And I, we actually, my dad liked it so much. I think we went on this tour every time we went to Edinburgh. Um, hey, see something you like, do it. Well, and and it didn't hurt. They gave you a free sample at the end of the tour. I'm sure that helped a little. Well, I know. So we're on this tram and we go around, we're, we're on the tour, you get to see the whole place and and then you get to the end and they do hand you, you know, as you're kind of going by, they hand you a, a little shot glass of the scotch that they make there. And of course, they handed some to my dad, they handed some to my mom and, and the one time that we went, we were there with my grandparents. They had come over from Missouri and they were um, Southern Baptists, so they don't drink at all. And uh, I think... My grandfather just turned down. He's like, no, no, thank you. My grandmother, for some reason, took the shot class and she sat with it for a moment and she realized, well, wait a minute, I'm Southern Baptist. I can't drink this. So she <laughs> hands it to her 12 year old grandson and says, here, you take this. And I looked at it and I went, all right, sure. And I downed the thing. And I was completely convinced that I was never going to not be hot ever again in my life. <laughs>
2: That's outstanding. it burned
1: all the way down and I stayed warm probably for the next three days sure. and I, I, I already tend to run hot a little bit anyway and I think I just remember like I feel so warm I can't stop feeling warm what's <laughs> wrong with me that was the that was the first drink that I remember having was a, a shot of scotch whiskey from Edinburgh that's awesome uh, let's see let me jump into the Twitters here um, yeah James DeGraves said Bartles and James Wine Cooler at a party with my older brother and uh, see, Jason Colvin said he had his at a resort in Mexico. He said he asked for a virgin banana daiquiri, but got something that tasted strangely hot. <laughs> now, I will, I, we've probably told this story on the, on the podcast, too. I will, again, apologize profusely for ordering a drink for you when you and I were out um, at a bar one time and it was not made to the specifications that should have been made
2: yeah that
1: was and again i will invoke the lando calrissian clause of it's not my, it's fault. Not my fault
2: yeah I,
1: I completely completely thought the bartender would know how to make that thing and i think he just reversed the uh the ratio of tabasco sauce to tequila he
2: did something horrible that's, something horrible that's what
1: i know i think we're going to the mermaid so if you've got anything you want to say about mermaids feel free to reach out to us either through our voicemail line email twitter or whatever you want to do um we'll be around we'll be listening Um, But in the meantime, what do we got coming up next? We've got over the course of the next few weeks, actually, this is the final episode in our love is, love is in the air month and um, kind of our month of uh, love stories and romantic comedies. Um, Next month, we move into our planes and automobiles month. We've got air America is coming up next Memphis bell after that one days of thunder, and then Cadillac Man and then if you want to get ahead starting in April we've got our action and adventure month that is Dances with Wolves, The Hunt for Red October, Navy Seals and Rocky Five. so that's what we got coming up over the next couple months uh, and then kind of after that I think by the time we get to the end of May we may be hitting our 300th episode so there will be all kinds of good stuff coming All right. well that's going to do it for tonight so thank you both for being here with me. Thank you John All right. We'll see you all back here next time for Air America. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies.